The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Polyester, nylon, you know, heat when you're not breathing. The best kind of underwear is probably no underwear. Hello, hello, half-naked listeners. So, sex and underwear. These are two topics that people just really don't talk about. And on this podcast, I really like exposing the truth and talking about things that are, for some reason, considered taboo. So today on Half Naked, I am talking with sex health expert, Dr. Jennifer Berman. Dr. Berman is a urologist, a female sexual medicine specialist, co-host of the television show, The Doctors, and a New York Times bestselling author for her book, For Women Only, A Revolutionary Guide to Reclaiming Your Sex Life. So suffice to say, Dr. Jennifer Berman knows what's up with sex and sexual health. On this episode today, we talk about everything sex-related. She explains the orgasm gap between men and women. She tells us the one thing that she wishes more women knew about sexual health and how to amp up the sex drive using lingerie, toys, and CBD. One of my favorite new Intimates brands is Negative Underwear. Negative's line of comfortable soft bras and underwear are known for their neutral color palette. So it's really clean and modern and minimal, but it's still really sexy. Like their fits and cuts are incomparable to other brands. They even have great bodysuits and slip dresses. And my favorite piece is the Civ bra. It has no underwire, but it's super supportive and it gives shape while also having the perfect deep V which is really hard to find in a bra. So you could wear this with literally anything. Negative has been seen in Vogue and Bazaar and definitely all over your Instagram pages. I'm so happy to have partnered with them to offer you guys 10% off of your order for the month of February with code HALFNAKED. I really love this line. It's become a staple of mine. Check out their website, negativeunderwear.com and use promo code HALFNAKED. Hi, Dr. Berman. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you. Before we get started, I want to get to know you better. <laughs> Could you tell me what kind of underwear and bra you're wearing right now? Oh, okay. So I, I have a feel. <laughs> I'm wearing a sports bra right now. I went on a run this morning and was late running to work. So I threw on my scrubs on top of my sports bra without showering. I always wear thongs and they're really thin, smooth comfortable underwear and they come in different patterns. I wouldn't say like they're lacy and sexy, but functional, comfortable, smooth. The main thing about underwear that bothers me because I'm active when underwear like cuts off the blood supply to your labia and sometimes the really fancy lacy kind of brands with elastic do. I totally want to get into this conversation because I've had a few talks about this before on the podcast and I'd love to get your expert advice on. Speaking of expert advice, you are a sex health expert. Dr. Berman, why is it that people have such a difficult time talking about sex and underwear? These are like two intimate things that we just don't talk about. I mean, at least my friend group doesn't really talk about it so much. Why is this? The crux of what I do is talking about taboo subjects and destigmatizing things that we all experience, struggle with, and or enjoy that there's still shame and embarrassment about it. And 
private parts and you know our, our nudity we were taught from an early age that those are things that we should keep to ourselves so i think what you're doing and obviously the career that i'm chosen is you know about changing the myths changing the stories and the narrative that we have that we should be ashamed of our bodies that nice girls you know don't yeah i'm so with you and i don't know where or how that's formed because that if that's something that starts at home from childhood or how we could take the reins ourselves to be more comfortable talking about it you know i always feel like people are so interested in hearing about it but they have a difficult time asking the questions and I'm not sure if that's something that you've even seen with some of your patients. Yeah, totally. And by the way, you know, talking about these things to your friends, much less a healthcare provider, is even harder. So it doesn't yeah. get brought up. Part of what I do, a big area of focus is educating physicians, because if we don't ask, patients won't just bring it up. Oh, by the way, you know, I can't have an orgasm or you know, my vagina is dry or whatever. It does come from our parents. It comes from our peers. It comes from generations of beliefs that we inherited before we even got into this world. And, you know, it's going to take time to undo all that. But, you know, you're doing your part. I'm doing mine. And, and growing up for you, I found it awesome, actually, that both you and your sister are both so involved in sexual health and relationship health. And how, what was your life like growing up? Did you have like a very free, open household where it was like, okay to talk about these things? There was definitely openness about body, nudity, no shame. I still walk around naked. My son, you know, he, he blames me. My nudity is the reason he's gay. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> there was a lot of openness in that regard. And then in terms of the fact that we both went into sexual yeah. health, like my sister from the mental health side, I went into, uro I'm a urologist by training, which is the male you know, genital urinary tract, which was unusual back then for women. There were very few women in that field. Um, at that time. Now there's many. It's a great surgical subspecialty for women because for a number of reasons, it offers a quality of life. There are you know, acute problems we can fix. It's, it, it allows for um, a blend of medicine and surgery in a career that, it, that is well-suited for women. And they, they've figured that out by now, but there were very few women in it back then. Now I'd like to go back and talk about underwear for a little bit longer. What are the ties between something like lingerie and the importance of feeling sexy? Is it important to do things to make yourself feel sexy? And, and maybe that will help you, that'll increase your own sex drive. 100%. What we think and how we think about ourselves and everything else affects how we feel. So your thoughts affect your feelings. And there, whether it be wearing certain underwear, there's women that put Benoit balls inside, there's women that need to do their hair and makeup, to your point about underwear and lingerie, that I think what you're getting at is that that's one tool that mm -hmm. women can use to remind them of their femininity and to embrace their femininity. Because when we go out in the world, at least me, I'm, they say I'm in my, my masculine, you know, from the waist up, going, doing, thinking, engaging, and not coming from my 
feminine soft side. I'm a doctor, I'm controlling, I'm this and that. And there's many, you're tapping into it intuitively, but there are books that are written about this. If more women would tap into their feminine side in all areas of their life, the world and life would be a lot, lot easier. But we disconnect from that from the thing that you're talking about. We're disconnected when we go out in the world and then we have to remind ourselves, oh yes, we're women. But the underwear, you know, in its pure sense, and lingerie is a way to continually remind us to come tap back into that feminine power that we have. It's interesting that you say that because I feel very much that I am in my masculine energy. And I think this has been... I felt a real need for that, especially over the last few months. I found myself more and more drawn and connected to expressing myself sexually through lingerie over the last few months. I think when I'm finally forced to sit there in myself during quarantine and realizing all these things, I feel like body image is, is one of, if not the biggest block that women face when feeling liberated during sex. Is that something that you see also? Yeah, a lot. And but it affects sexual desire, libido, interest in being sexual, shame and being self-conscious about, about our, ourselves being nude. And as women age and there are changes that occur in your body, right? You know, skin sags, labia look a little different, weight gain, you know. So women really, really struggle with that. So that's a really big part of my practice. You know, I am all about feeling good about yourself, feeling good about your body, no matter what size you are, like whatever. On the one hand, on the other hand, I am the go-to person I consider for myself and others to help get back what you had. I mean, we're not going to be 20 again, but we can, you know, restore fitness, health. And so that's also a big part of my practice, helping women optimize hormone balance, feel good about their bodies, lose the weight, tighten the skin. You know, there are minimally invasive things that we can do to help ourselves feel better, whatever it takes to be able to take off our clothes and feel good naked. That's a big thing that women struggle with, not just aging women, all women is self-esteem and self-love. And how could we get back? That's what are some things that we could do? I'd love to go into hormone deficiencies and how that affects the libido. But before that, what are some things that we could do that aren't maybe hormone supplements to encourage and like just bring back the libido or the drive that we once had? Well, I think it's tapping into our feminine energy and feminine power. And there is a new Netflix documentary that just came in, pull up, strip down or something like that. And it's about, there's a Latina, heavy set Latina woman that is just beaten down, broken down emotionally, who finds her sensuality, sexuality, feminine joy on the pole, you know, pole dancing. I love that you said that. I love that because that was something Whenever I, I talk to friends that are experiencing kind of a rut with themselves or with their partners, my advice to them is always to go pole dancing, to either microdose or to go pole dancing, because I feel like it is so liberating, especially you're about around a bunch of women, totally different body types, totally different ages. It's really surprising to see how many people go to pole dancing. And I've done it a lot. And it's been 
one of like the most freeing things for me to do. I was, I'm so happy you said that. Well, Strip Down, Rise Up is the Netflix documentary about this woman's journey. By the way, I'm in this field. I'm empowering women. I went to one, the uh, one class, and I think it was for, I was on the doctors. It was for some like purpose. It wasn't like even. And I have mm-hmm. to say it was when we're talking about what taboo, I felt there was such vulnerability in that room with all mm-hmm. different women and it wasn't even about like the pole it was about yeah. them and the authenticity of them and that the fact that authentic vulnerability could come out in this action of a pole was mind-boggling to me and so fascinating but i think it goes back to the power that we have our feminine power is so beautiful and so strong and and honestly i only went that once and now you're inspiring me to go back i have to say that i was very uncomfortable you know i've mm-hmm. been doing the thing the whatever the actions were and i forget and there were movements and things that i was like there's my, I, there was some block going on that i don't know what it is but I know that there's something there. I'm going to have to go back. Yeah, you should. Let me know how that goes. What are some common themes you've been seeing you know, during quarantine, especially for couples that they've been dealing with sexually? I think the biggest thing that, that I've seen that's going on is that couples are, you know, quarantined and on top of each other. And there's changes in, um, in schedules and you know, roles and kids are around. So it's like animals in captivity, mating in captivity. We're not designed. We weren't, aren't wired as human beings to be on top of each other like that. We're supposed to go and come. And when we're forced into confinement, then, you know, all of our limitations and shortcomings and everything get, you know, there's a neon sign on them. So I think the biggest thing is awareness that this is a temporary situation and that we should embrace all of ourselves and all of our partners. And the main thing is, you know, make yourself, we have self-care is important, but also the relationship, a priority, putting a lock on the door, you know, setting time aside, making, you know, taking steps to protect your own self and your self-care and your needs, your mental space and that of your relationship and your partner. I, I heard something from Esther Perel about relationships and especially what everyone's been dealing with in quarantine. And she said, fire needs air. And I thought that was such, that was a great way of putting it to have that intimacy we're used to having those moments of air, you know, where we're out at work all day or we're traveling when we don't have that, we're forced to sit at home in it. And that's what those difficult conversations are having. We don't have the external distraction so much. And maybe people aren't having as much sex and they're like, holy shit, we're not having sex. Why not? What's going on? And you're forced to have these conversations. How do you suggest that people have these difficult conversations with their partner about things that they need? And then you couple stress on top of it. So we're air and then we're stressed as well, which is a recipe for for trouble. Um, Having the conversations, you know, what I've learned and, and tried to practice is the time to have them is not 
in the moment in the bedroom, you know, I'm not happy with our sex life and what you're doing and this is not, we're in a rut or whatever. Focus on the positive, what they're doing right. If we start with that, that I really appreciate this or that. When you start with the recognizing the positive, the platform and the open mind is there. When we come from a place of criticism or negativity or lack of love or lack of truth or lack of joy, when we're not in our highest self, mm. then that's when that's when we don't get the results. So if we can just practice being in the moment and recognizing the positive things that we do appreciate about our about our partners, if those things still exist, if they don't exist, <laughs> then it might be time to read. Yeah, that's a sign. <laughs> And trying to have, you know, positive, open conversations about the good as well as the things that need work. Making you all feel good is important to me. At the beginning of every episode, I ask my guests what underwear they wear to not only reveal details about themselves, but I also want to help you discover brands to look for. Which is why I'm happy that this episode is supported by Thigh Society, that's known for their thigh performance, and I'm excited to offer you 15% off your order for the entire month of February. Use promo code HALFNAKED15 for 15% off Thigh Society for their thighly, <laughs> for their highly reviewed ultralight, ultra stretchy, silky shorts. Check out their website, thighsociety.com, and enter HALFNAKED15 when you buy a pair. I'd love to talk a bit about on that topic, the orgasm gap, right, between men and women and, you know, the constant need. I think that women feel like they have to orgasm during sex. And I read it was like 25% of women can have an orgasm from penetration alone. Is this true? My percentage is about 35% of women don't have orgasm with regular penovaginal intercourse. Many women do, but many don't. But we have in our minds that we have no. to have it then and we have to be doing it together. And but that's simply not the case and not, you know, not mechanically possible for some women based on their anatomy, the angle of their uterus, just the way, you know, that they experience sexual pleasure. So it, so it's the onus is on us as women to learn that there are different positions that regular missionary position may not stimulate the areas that will enable orgasm. So your clitoris, your G spot, your pelvic floor, whatever it is. And the onus is on us to learn what that is, you know, on, on our own what creates self-pleasure in order to reproduce that during sexual activity, because men don't intuitively know there is not a manual for us. And by the way, all of us are different. So what works on you doesn't necessarily work on me. So they have to keep learning different things from all the different women. And most women aren't empowered enough to tell them. So, you know, we can't rely on guys to be doing it for us. So during sex, it's assuming you understand more or less what you need to do to have an orgasm and what positions you need to be in, it can occur. And sometimes you need to bring in a vibrator. Sometimes clitoral stimulation is required simultaneously. Sometimes it's the position, the angle. So if you need traction or pressure on the G-spot and stimulation of the clitoris, it can occur and will occur. But the onus is on us to kind of figure that out and to be creative and to not be closed-minded that I have to be in the missionary position. Yeah. 
And the vagina doesn't feel anything, by the way, sensation-wise. It feels traction and pressure. We were built that way so that we could push babies out of there without you know, excruciating pain. They, they go out and then, you know, pops back into place. The outside of the vagina, the clitoris, labia, vulva, that is highly sensitive, but in the vagina, it's not. So again, with angling, pressure, tracks, and positioning, additional stimulation on the clitoris, you can, you know, achieve orgasm that way. And I really like this I dare I say narrative, but I like what you're saying here because there is this this fantasy that exists that a man and a woman having sex climaxing at the same time, that's the way it's supposed to be. And it doesn't happen that way ever. And for some reason, that's the way we're told that things exist. And then we feel bad about ourselves and we're discouraged when it doesn't happen. So the onus, as you said, and I really respect, is on us to figure out what's working for us, what makes us feel good, and then taking control over sex and doing things that make you feel great. But how can we encourage women to find those spots for themselves? This conversation is the first start is that women will be like, yeah. oh, okay, so I, this is normal. I'm not abnormal. Other women are experiencing that. Yeah, exactly. Normalizing it. And then they have to get down and dirty with themselves, which means the mirror learning, looking at the anatomy, appreciating it, reveling in the beauty of it, no shame about it, and then self-exploration with yourself, hands, and then also um, erotic toys. And there are many that are designed to, and some, you know, depending on, you know, the length of your fingers, sometimes, you know, the G-spot is on the, the anterior upper third of the vagina, but then there's what they call the O spot, which is further up behind the cervix. And sometimes, you know, you can't reach up in that, up in that area. And there's toys that are specifically designed to, you know, to do that. And now, you know, through all my teachings and courses and people that I'm meeting, I got involved in the cannabis space and talking. I'd love to talk to you about this also. So toys that you recommend. And then I really want to start going because I, I read about you and your involvement with CBD. And I actually ordered some of the things that you've been talking about. I ordered the Foria oil and then I ordered a couple other products from them. So Foria has their botanical THC based oil, and they also have a CBD oil called Awaken. And Foria was designed specifically to enhance arousal and pleasure in women. And it's a topical, goes on the outside clitoris and labia. Um, and then the, the, they have the CBD variant. I, from what, going back to the topic of women exploring and in my conversations and in th- that world, the cannabis space, people are very, very open, you know, sexually in all other areas I've noticed. So there's groups of people and workshops you know, from the educational standpoint for your listeners about body exploration. I met a woman who, I think I was on a panel with her, does YouTube videos basically on how to, you know, achieve trigasms. And so the trigasm that I assume is vaginal, clitoris, anal stimulation all at the same time. What toys do you promote or like suggest? Because I know you're into the Foria wellness oil, mm-hmm. which I'm very interested in. Product called Quim, which was created by a young woman. Uh, Foria, the founder and creator of that is, is a really 
smart guy that lives in Topanga that was interested in optimizing women's sensual well-being. Quim was created by a woman who was struggling with feminine um, health, and that's how she got in that space, but she has great products. There's another product called Hello Again, which is, they have one for younger women, but also more mature women that are struggling with vaginal dryness and other issues. So that, that space is wide open and those products are super effective for helping with vaginal sensation, um, vag- uh, genital arousal and orgasm. And also all of those, by the way, though, are local acting. So they work genitally. There's no um, mind altering kind of aspect to it, which is another story. So for some women, when we're talking about self-exploration to cannabis can be a great tool. I'm not advocating that people should get wasted and you know to, in order to love themselves but it is a great tool for shutting off the frontal cortex the thinking you know the worrying the judging and turning into sensing feeling as opposed to thinking doing cannabis is a great tool to help segue into that and once you do it you know neural pathways are set you don't need you're not going to need cannabis every time but it's a great segue into that. In terms of toys, you know, I'm not like a promoter of any one or other, but for the clitoral aspect of things, you know, there's clitoral stimulators. There's one called the womanizer, which I've been involved with. The womanizer basically mimics oral sex with a vibration aspect to it. And you can increase the amount of suction pressure as well as vibration. And it also has different variations and different beats. So from the standpoint of a pure clitoral stimulator, that's a great one. And that's a great one that can be used during sexual activity. In terms of reaching up, you know, up towards the G-spot, there's ones that are called G-spot simulators. They have almost like a curve, like that sort of angle that can you know, sort of in, intervaginally and then further up. Um, so you, you have to experiment with different ones and different sizes and different shapes. Everybody is different, but the goal being, you know, clitoral vaginal. And then from the rectal side of things, they're, I forget what it's called, they're like graduated ball. Some women are completely uncomfortable with exploration that way. You know, thinking mm-hmm. out of there, not in there. The bees are great, what great entry they, they can go in, you don't have to do anything to them or move anything, but, but the pressure in that area, because between the vagina and rectum, so there's, there's your vagina up here, your rectum here, the area in between the two, there is high, a lot of nerves. So pressure in that area helps women achieve orgasm. So when we were talking about it earlier about some, some women who can achieve orgasm regularly, penetration and or insertion of of the beads can be a great way to enhance um, orgasm just with the pressure because it's changing your anatomy to receive stimulation in a a different way. Let's talk about vaginal health and underwear. Is there a type of underwear or a material that promotes vaginal and breast health and are there ones that we should kind of steer clear from that aren't so great for us down there? Well, the main thing about down there is being able to breathe. Polyester, nylon, you know, heat when you're when you're not breathing. The best kind of underwear is probably no underwear if we're gonna really. 
<laughs> That's so interesting to me. I could, I like, I have anxiety thinking about not wearing underwear. I don't know why. I think I just feel secure, but that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I do too, wearing certain things like mm-hmm. silk, like, you know, because if you're having like this stuff comes out, like, they're normal vaginas yeah. have discharge. Like, so it's right. like, the moisture and discharge. Right. Okay. So, on that topic, what are certain questions that we should be asking when we go to the gynecologist? I think, you know, as women need to be aware of the changes that are occurring in their bodies, at least from my standpoint, as we become, you know, we're premenopausal when we're in our 20s and early 30s having babies. But then when we become perimenopausal, there are subtle things that start to happen health-wise, vaginally, we might be more supposed more predisposed to yeast infections or urinary tract infections, or we might become more moody and irritable and PMSy. All of those are early signs of perimenopause and they get overlooked and dismissed and explained away. Well, I'm stressed and my boyfriend this and that and work and the, and gynecologists kind of downplay it because you're not menopausal yet. But I really want women to pay attention to those changes that are that are occurring because if we can address them early and treat early that prevents and delays the onset of more severe symptoms which is when women become menopausal and then they're depressed so someone like me in my early to mid 30s what can i be doing to help my hormone balance now you're in your 30s so now you're in your prime you're in your prime hormonally and your prime maturity wise you're in prime experience wise you've had you know the boyfriends and the, you're now in your yourself so now's the time I like this I'm in my prime <laughs> be you you know you're getting to where you want to be professionally as a woman you know you're getting to know your body better you know what you want you know what you don't want and now it's just a matter of, you know, brain, body, self-care, self-love, and enjoy this, this time. As you get to be 36, 37, that's when these subtle things start to creep in with, you know, moodiness, difficulty sleeping, PMS gets worse. Maybe- I think that's now. Are there like any uh, supplements or things I could be taking to, to help? because you're under stress. So okay. us will exact cause premenopause to go to feel those symptoms, menopausal to get worse. Yeah. So that's because of stress. And there are supplements now, natural supplements that can optimize hormone balance. One is called Serenol, over-the-counter supplement that optimizes hormone balance. Because the changes, you know, if you are experiencing those symptoms, it's from fluctuations, up, down, up, down, up, down of hormones and also increases in cortisol levels. So when you're under stress, even if you're not feeling like you're under like that emotional state, your body is in that, that state. And it's, and it's even worse when you're managing and controlling and, you know, because you got to suit up and we're taught, you know, get up, stop the pity party, get up, mm-hmm. back on the horse. Yeah. You know, that, at least that was, yeah. you know, no pity parties and, and you're suiting up and showing up and being something on the outside, but the inside, you know, you're not being true to yourself. So you're, you're not dealing with the feelings, the emotions, the stress you're on autopilot going out and that's a disconnect. So you're not in alignment, mind and body. And that's when things start to go awry health wise, 
interesting, you know, the weird fibromyalgia, the joint pains, the hair loss, like, you know, subtle things that our body react when we're not in alignment, your body will start to react. So this is the supplement called Serenol. And see, it says uniquely formulated safely for, they say for PMS symptoms, but it's not just PM, PMS is basically form, fluctuating hormones. So this is a once a day supplement. And it has the active ingredients in it are royal jelly, which has estrogen-like effects. And it also has a Swedish pollen flower extract in it, which helps to optimize hormone balance. And this has been clinically studied, placebo-controlled clinical trials. I have a lot of pre- and perimenopausal women on this. You take it once a day, two pills once a day. And Mm. this will help, you know, stave off a lot of those emotional symptoms, bloating, if you have any bloating, PMS. So before I get to my outro game, which is I'm titling Berman Knows Best, which is a series of just some questions where you could just give some great advice. I want to ask you one more question. And it's what is one thing that you wish women knew about sexual health? I would say that testosterone, the hormone testosterone is equally, if not important for our health and well-being in particular sexual health as it is in men we think that testosterone is just a male hormone and that gives you hair oily skin acne and that's something we don't want we need Mm -hmm. to embrace testosterone testosterone is really important and recognizing i would say another thing along those lines in the same vein is knowing what our hormone levels are now so in your 30s gynecologists aren't going to want to draw them because you're healthy you're normal Mm -hmm. but it's good to know what your baseline is now so that when and if you do develop symptoms you have you know a range and a reference One of my fabulous listeners turned me on to On Gossamer. I checked out their lingerie and I think it is such a great elevated basics line. So the word gossamer is defined in the dictionary that I looked up, by the way, as something that is very thin, lightweight, and delicate, and this lingerie line totally lives up to the word. On Gossamer offers everyday lingerie for larger and smaller busts seamlessly, and they even have a line of microfiber, ultra-lightweight nursing bras. I make it a point to find brands I respect to share to you all, and I've partnered with On Gossamer to offer 25% off for the entire month of February. We all deserve an elevated basic, you know what I'm saying? Go to ongossamer.com, check out their line, and let me know what you think. Okay, so some questions I want to ask you. What is some advice for how women can shut off everyday stresses to prioritize sex? So shutting out everyday stresses is a daily reprieve from insanity. And I think that, you know, in order to shut things out, what to focus on anything requires tools. And really the only way to do that, when you want to shift your thoughts, like we talked about it, to shift your feelings, that is an exercise that, and a muscle that takes time to build, but start now you know, redirect, shift. There's a woman named Mel Robbins who wrote a book, The Five Second Rule, you know, five, four, three, two, one, just go. You have five seconds before your primitive limbic brain starts telling you, no, don't do it. 
there's a trick. Now nah, you don't want to do that. Stay in bed, whatever. So five, four, three, two, one. If you count to five, take contrary action and take the first step, build the muscle, develop the tools. And right. whether it be you want to focus on sex or focus on your hobby or focus on your kids as opposed to work, you know, it is important to do that. I was reading about male Viagra and why there really isn't a comparable one for women. And what I was told was that women have a hard time disassociating life from sex. So when they're in the middle of having sex, they can't reach orgasm because they're thinking about 150 other things that have going on. And if they're, they are creating some sort of female Viagra, similar supplement to take, but it is more neurological. It's like helping women disassociate the daily life from just being present with sex. Is this something, do you know about this? Is this true? Yeah, I mean, that is true that we are the consummate as women multitaskers. We can be mm-hmm. thinking about work, our frontal cords in our brain are going at all times. And then suddenly, oh, oh, we're supposed to be having sex now. So there are FDA approved medications now. One is called Addy, which was developed to help women quiet. And cannabis does this also, by the way. And so does CBD quiet down the frontal cortex so that we're not thinking and being and worrying, but we're more sensing and feeling in the moment. We're realizing that there's erotic cues happening, feeling the changes that are going on in our body and not, you know, in 15 million other paces. Is that what you would suggest also to women who are suffering from maybe a low libido post-pregnancy? Well, post-pregnancy, there's hormonal reasons. So pregnancy is like a, you know, a burnout of your ovaries. So after the first baby and frequently after more frequently after the second, women will experience low libido that is hormonally related. Now you want to throw in all the other things uh, and then breastfeeding women, postpartum throwing breastfeeding, breastfeeding lowers testosterone levels also. So that's a double whammy. Then the changes in the body, then perhaps the drop in estrogen. So you're up here, then suddenly estrogen withdrawal makes you depressed and all all sorts of other things. So there's numerous reasons why in the early postpartum period is the most vulnerable time for women, you know, sexually. But then afterwards, weeks, months, when they're supposed to be back, you know, and everything's like, oh, you six weeks, you can do it again. Frequently, many women will struggle. And that's hormone reasons for that. Women are more attention needs to be played and placed to that area and support for women. Yeah, I agree. And I know you touched upon it earlier, but CBD for sex, is it worth the hype? CBD is worth the hype for everything. Sex. <laughs> I agree. You know, cognitive anti-inflammatory effects, you know, prevention of Alzheimer's. I'm a huge fan of CBD. And then from the standpoint of quieting that frontal cortex activity without having to take drugs or any, you know, medications, prescription medications, CBD is a really effective tool for that, for the central effects, but also for down there. So it can help to increase blood flow, relax smooth muscle, enhance engorgement, enhance sensation locally, generally also help to quiet, you know, the activity, the worrying, the thing that do, quiet down. It's great for that purpose. And lastly, lingerie, is it worth the hype? And do you love lingerie? I love lingerie. I love looking at it. I love for agent, provide. you know, all the, the, the lingerie and the clothing that looks like lingerie. There's a lot of people. Yeah. I love that. 
for for me personally, I have I haven't really been a buyer for myself, you know, lounger around looking at myself in line, <laughs> right? And with my boyfriends and you know, it just comes yeah. off quickly and not really relished or appreciated. But from the standpoint of this exploration that we're talking about and self discovery and mastery of our femininity and embracing the the Venus in us, I think lingerie is an amazing tool and, you know, first step and maybe uh, something that we, that is used regularly to remind us of who we are and our beauty and to embrace that. I love that. That was so beautifully put. Thank you so much, Dr. Berman. I hope you get a really great piece of lingerie and you get on the pole somewhere and you just liberate yourself. But I'm so ordering all of the CBD supplements that you just referred to me. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. This is great. Well, I learned a lot. Did anybody else know what a trigasm was? Because <laughs> I didn't. There's so much destigmatizing that I think needs to be done around sex. And that's why I love having conversations like this to expose what's really going on and what we could do about it. One of the most important things I take away from this conversation is that it's up to you to discover what feels good for you and your body. And Dr. Berman gave some really great tips and insight on how to find yourself out. Also, I'm very excited to try the CBD oil from Foria that she suggested. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. You can follow Dr. Berman and learn more about what she does. Check out her Instagram at jenbermanmd. Thank you for listening to this episode. And as always, I want to hear from you. Slide into my DMs. Let me know what you're doing to feel sexy during quarantine and what lingerie brands you're loving and what you want to hear more of on the show. Have you tried any products from our sponsors? Let me know. Find me at Half Naked Podcast or on my personal Instagram at Christine Evangelista and send me messages. Until then, stay cheeky, my friends.